Hello, and welcome to the Development Debrief with Catherine Van Sickle, the stories-based podcast that interviews professionals, donors, and thought leaders in the field of fundraising. Happy 4th of July. In honor of the holiday weekend, I've decided to feature a close friend, confidant, and peer mentor, Abigail Smitka. July is an opportunity to get grounded and reconnect with our motivations and goals. Abby has always helped me get grounded, starting with my very first development job, working the graveyard shift at Reunion Weekend. This episode is informal as we recount stories and share lessons learned. Our stories are organized into three overarching values we learned during our time together. Our hope is that this episode will remind you of why you love your work and that it will draw you closer to the ones who have supported you the most. Abigail Smitka is the Regional Director Major Gifts at Radcliffe Institute for Advanced Study at Harvard University. Prior to her current role, she spent over five years working in annual giving and leadership giving at Harvard Law School. Abby started her career where we met at Trinity College, her alma mater. Abby is also an alum of Buckingham Brown and Nichols School. Now let's get started. Welcome. Thank you, Kat, or Catherine. Wait, should I call you Catherine on this? <laughs> no, that was cute. Okay. It is so much fun to have you on today. It's rare that I have such a close friend on the debrief. I'm excited to be here. I've been a fan and a friend of the debrief since its first inklings before it was even a podcast. So I'm really excited to be here. So what's interesting is both of us, so we're a, we're a year apart at Trinity College. I'm class of 2011, Kat's class of 2012. And a fun fact for all of you listeners about your esteemed host is that I was actually her first boss. I was a year out of school, so I was in my first job ever. I was an alumni relations officer at Trinity. And one of my duties, was to hire, train, and manage a group of student workers for our reunion weekend. I hired Miss Cat as a super a student supervisor. <laughs> and a big part of development and management is admitting your mistakes. I did hire her as a manager, but then I put her on the graveyard shift, which was a mistake because now I know she would have been best interacting with the alumni more. I was so excited to be in an official capacity. <laughs> Little did I know, I thought the graveyard shift was one of the more important jobs because it was mm-hmm. after hours and it was with official, you know, people on campus. Little did I know that was apparently the bad job. But this is something I noticed and this will, this is going to lead into a theme we want to talk about because I had other student workers who didn't take their duties as seriously. And I remembered Kat did it full force, she was happy, and she was proud to be there, which I think is something in development. Sometimes we have to do things that are you know, less than glamorous and always being happy to be there um, and giving it your all is, is so important. Later on, when I, you know, I was working in the office, Kat had graduated, we were talking about you know, potentially hiring some young alumni, and I remembered how great Kat had been and said her name. And the rest is history, because not only did they hire her, they created a special role to bring her back in, which is something that I know we're going to talk about. And I think our listeners would be interested to hear about her first development role. 
but it really all stemmed from that graveyard shift. Yeah, so Abby and I have since gone on to other institutions, but we continuously reference back our formative years at Trinity, and we still say that we learned so much during that period of time in the beginning of our careers. We put our heads together and thought for a while about the overarching themes that we'd learned, and we came up with three values. So the first value that we identified was learning to raise a hand to help. Especially when you're in the beginning of your career, we realize that doing that is a way to grow, that no one's going to just hand you opportunities to be with higher level donors or have FaceTime with senior staff. Let's dive into this one, Abby. All right, let, let us dive in. Raising a hand to help, I think is the core value that we started out by learning. Because we were both hired into roles we were 22 years old, we had no real qualifications that included great opportunity, but we wanted more because we were living and breathing this job. We would raise our hands for a number of projects that at the time, again, didn't necessarily seem like we were you know, jumping some sort of ladder, but looking back, it was extremely important in our development and our growth in those jobs that we did that. And both of us were lucky enough to move into different roles while we were at Trinity. So I started out in alumni relations. I knew I wanted to be a fundraiser and I moved onto the annual fund team, which at the time was very momentous for, for both of us. Oh yeah. But I raised my hand. I was in alumni relations. I wanted to do fundraising and I saw the senior class gift and I saw that the person who was doing it could use another person helping out. It's a, it was a big lift. We had a great tradition of getting over 90%, which is something Kat and I will tell the story about later. Just a little At, bit of pressure, not much. Just a little bit of pressure. We always had to get 90% participation. It was a pet project of the president at the time. We were not going to get below 90% participation. I saw an opening. I saw someone who needed help, and I knew that this could help me. So I raised my hand and got in there and helped her. And then in turn, when I eventually moved on to the annual fund and took over that program, Kat raised her hand because she saw that I needed somebody. Together, we had some really great and really tough times where we struggled to get through to that 90%. And we really learned a thing or two about perseverance. Yeah, that remains one of the most difficult projects I think I've ever done. We knew the names of every single non-donor in the class in the final months leading up to graduation. And this was, I think for both of us, our first true lesson in the art of solicitation and the line that you have to walk when doing so. Obviously a senior class gift asking for five, $10 is much different than you know asking for a major gift. But that balance of going after someone, being clear with what we wanted, but not upsetting them because we always reminded each other, this is a graduating senior's first interaction with development. And if we go after them with just pure aggression, they're gonna remember that. And that's gonna be in the long run, not good for Trinity for a school that we love and appreciate. We would sit and have these late night conversations about 
how do we approach these students who are reluctant about giving a gift? How do we turn them around? And I remember we had this conversation one time where we came up with the tactic, which was if a student said no to us and said no to us in a way that made it clear they understood what we were asking, instead of just you know saying, okay, move on, we would look at them, we would smile and we would say, thank you for letting us know. And we just really wanna let you know that we're really proud of you congrats on graduation on graduation and you know we look forward to seeing what you do that disarmed people i don't know if it changed too many people's minds if they people were, were truly shocked sad, but people were shocked in development we all know you're gonna get rejected that is part of the job you're gonna get right. rejected for a visit you're gonna get rejected on an ask it it happens all the time and from that early early age we learned to not take it personally and we learned that when you receive a no, there's power in that no, and you can make someone walk away feeling good about the interaction, even if it was them saying no to you. We also realized that we needed to be creative. You know, I think if we had just looked at each other and said, this expectation is ridiculous, which we did say, but <laughs> if we had just accepted that and given up, it wouldn't have happened. But we sat down and we thought, you know, where can we, see the students in person. Where on campus will they be during senior week? We had a variety of different things that we did that were beyond sitting in our, at our desk nine to five. We got onto campus, we greased our elbows. I mean, can you think of some examples, Ab? I believe we had been told that a certain student, one of his friends had said, oh, he's gonna give, you just need to go track him down. He says he wants to give. So we went to the dorm, you know, and had to knock on the knock on the door, which when you're freshly graduated from a school and people know who you are, we were not anonymous faces, is not the easiest thing to do. We checked our egos at the door for sure. Checked our egos. In development, sometimes it's not about you. We had to get them when they were available. And so we shifted our timing to fit theirs. Again, another lesson in development. Sometimes you don't want to take that visit at 6.30 p.m. because right. you want to be done for the day. But sometimes what you have to do and learning that early on and gaining success from it. We managed to get over the 90% and kind of celebrate that victory. That if you're flexible, if you check your ego, you can do it. And I also think that we translated kind of those lessons we were learning live time with the senior class gift into our actual, you know, our other duties. And by the way, Kat, if you want to just briefly explain your role when you first started at Trinity, just for context for people. Sure. So there was a program at Georgetown University, and I think a few other schools had been trying it, but it was essentially employing young alums or current students to communicate with alumni about their experience. And the idea behind it was that there, there could be a direct connection in the conversation where the student knows what's happening today and can really speak with credibility about the current institution and that then the alum would connect and initially i actually wasn't allowed to ask and i remember like two months in i was saying can i now i see the opportunity but it was this idea of having a genuine connection with the institution before even having that conversation so i was reaching out to high net worth alumni, uh, mainly in New York, and basically having discovery meetings with them, 
learning about their capacity and things, but not making any asks. And I won't ever forget walking into Kat's office and she had papered the walls with favorite quotes from these meetings. But it was a really great look into, again, the enthusiasm that you put into a role, no matter how big or small it is. You know, like Kat said, she was eager to start asking for gifts and wasn't allowed to, but that enthusiasm led to great places. And I think too, with the quotes and papering the walls, it's kind of funny because I did that in my like high school bathroom growing up at home. And I think part of that is just creating inspiration around me. It's something that's always helped me reach my goals and stay in line with kind of the person I want to be and the dreams that I have. And a big reason why I decided to type up those quotes was because I felt like if I could understand the core of people's emotions around their Trinity experience, I could have more success with converting that into a financial commitment. So we've started to bleed into value number two a little bit, which we have decided is going for what you want. And that really is around going the extra mile and the senior class gift experience. And maybe we can share a couple other examples of how we did that over that period of time. So, and I definitely think raising a hand to help then opens the door for you to go for what you exactly. want. Exactly. And they're connected. So like all of these stories are definitely one and the same because yeah. the only way you're gonna be able to go for what you want is if you've raised your hand and you've started helping with something. An example that I really love, at Trinity, the leadership, you know, the Le- Leadership Giving Society is called the Long Walk Society. And Kat was given the opportunity to take over the reins for the Long Walk Society's committee for a long time. This committee had honestly just been a list of names. I think they would get emails sometimes. I think we would, you know, put them on invitations for Long Walk Society events, but it was not really a working committee. You know, I just felt, no one had told me this, but I just felt from the beginning, if people aren't involved, I want to give a a very kind phone call to say, thank you for everything you've done. And I wish you the best. I can't remember exactly how I phrased it, but basically giving people the out if they had Mm -hmm. been in name only. And it turned out about a third of the people took that out and it was perfectly fine, no hard feelings. About a third of them didn't respond at all. So those people were dropped. And then a third of them said, I still really wanna be part of this. But then the really fun part was recruiting and inviting new people on. Some of those people that were brought on in 2013 are now on even higher volunteer committees now. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly rewarding. It was so fun mm-hmm. to be there every step of the way. And that's something that we always kind of did. No matter whose project it was, the other one was willing to sit support. and have conversations with them, support. I think that was also enriching. So, you know, if you ever have a chance to hop on a colleague's project, even if it's informal, I mean, I don't think we were necessarily getting a ton of recognition for helping with each other's projects, but hopping on and taking an hour out of your day to, to help them out. You learn so much. And something, and it can open a door for you. Let's talk about creating an internship in our office for students. Um, so we came up with the name Trend Turn, which I still think is a moment of genius. So cute. <laughs> so cute. Um, and we built a whole program where we had four interns. We were left to make sure 
all of the details were covered. And this is not just like a random project. These are four kids coming to spend their whole summer working for you and living on campus. So getting all those details ironed out was a great lesson for me in being prepared and and learning on learning on the fly. I think management is something in development it can be tough because sometimes someone who's a great fundraiser isn't as great at managing and vice versa and having a really early experience of not only managing but creating a position from scratch that right there trial by fire they got to have some pretty incredible experiences they went and worked a welcome party in the hamptons they went to pick up a library bequest from an how where was that was that in massachusetts it was in newport rhode island i think but again that's one of the really magical things about development are those other duties as assigned, which we all know are in the job descriptions. You know, these interns were a great role model for us even. They were smiling, they were happy. They went and drove to Rhode Island and came back with these books. Something else that Kat and I worked on together is a little something called Giving Day. And Kat, you knew that Columbia had been doing these really successful Giving Days. Right. You brought it to a meeting and said like, we should do this. And this is before giving dates were cool, by the way. This was- Yeah, was this like 2014 at that point? I wanna say 2014, maybe. We went to New York and we had, by the way, we'll give a shout out. We had a great boss who kind of understood how passionate, excited we were and let us run with ideas. Like, I think there's a lot of bosses who we said, we wanna start a giving day. We wanna start a internship program. We wanna do X, Y, and Z. That's not how we do things. That's crazy. No, he supported us. Bill Knapp, shout out. We miss you. Hi, Bill. And he kind of let us fly free. He one time referred to Kat as a free range chicken, which we'll never forget. (laughs) He came Um, with us to New York and we met with the Columbia team. We learned what vendors they used and how far in advance they planned. And they basically just told us about their process and Abby took that back to Trinity and shared it with the team and started working on basically a huge binder and as as all of you guys know listening since I'm sure most of your institutions have giving day it's a whole year-long process and it's a lot of work it was it this was uh, we went for it let's move on to our third pillar which is to truly love a place and know all of its flaws I'm sure you guys have picked up on the fact that we love Trinity with all of our hearts, but there is something to be said for caring for a place, even in times of challenge and looking beyond the shortcomings that every institution has. I think, you know, the kind of overarching theme of this episode is working for your own alma mater and going from student to member of the administration is a strong word. We like to call ourselves that at the time. Student to to staff. (laughs) To staff, to being on the administrative side, learning that there were shortcomings and learning that there were going to be, you know, times of challenge where we knew things your average student or an alum who graduated and moved, moved on into the world wouldn't know. And learning to love a place, like Kat said, and know all the flaws and still loving it. 
There were certainly days we are far from perfect. There were certainly days where we got down and where our wholehearted approach to our jobs took their tolls on us because we would, you know, work hard on X, Y, and Z and then have it not come to fruition or, you know, something had happened on campus that was hard to grapple with. That was a really big lesson for both of us. And I think it's something that has served us well and will continue to serve us well in our careers. You know, when we moved on to our next roles, me at Harvard, Cat at Columbia, it's easy to think like, well, I'm going from this, this smaller liberal arts school to you know, these big important universities, everything there has to be perfect. Going with that mentality of every place has issues and no place is perfect. And you have to find the good as best you can, I think was a really important lesson for us. With any experience, I love considering a two-sided coin. Mm -hmm. We've talked about how wonderful it was that we were fully engrossed in our jobs and fully committed to one another in the experience. The other side of that coin was a really difficult one. Like Abby alluded to, when things wouldn't come through, we would take it personally. Learning those lessons early on about it's important to be invested, it's important to love a place and to care, but to, for your own sanity, have more of a buffer between what you're doing in your institution and like who you are personally. Kat had a prospect who was having um, an event. I forget what town that was in. It was in Connecticut. It, but it was far away. Yes, it was in Lakeville. Kat, the good burgeoning development officer she was, realized it could be great cultivation if she went. I, of course, raised my hand to go as well. We drove ourselves there. I believe we listened to Miley Cyrus had just released <laughs> a new album. <laughs> and we listened to it. We went to this event. It was on a weekend. It, we really didn't need to be working. We went to dinner afterwards at some kind of cool, chic country Connecticut restaurant. Well, and I have to say, I can't take full credit for that because that was something that I learned really early on from my dad. Mm -hmm. He would always be buying books of donors or prospects that he was working with. He would go to different events or check out certain spaces that people were involved with. And he even went so far as to, when he would have international trips or even domestic trips, he would bring us with him and we would make an event out of it. We would make an experience out of it. And I think that is something that maybe I didn't even consciously know I was carrying on, but that you can really enrich your own life through having those experiences and embracing them as your own as well. Yeah. And that's, again, that's something that maybe at the time you didn't even realize you were doing and you didn't even realize you were teaching me. And that's, again, the power of true partnership amongst colleagues is those lessons you don't even realize you're learning. Here we are all these years later and I'm realizing what an important lesson I learned without even realizing it. That going yeah. the extra mile and showing up, whether it's your colleague, whether it's a donor, whoever it is, makes an impact on you. I think the donors can feel it. I think they can feel it when you genuinely are there and enjoying it. And that's, that's building a relationship. Mm -hmm. in the authentic way. 
And another thing you and I have always talked about, and we came up with this, but this concept of cultivating your colleagues. You can't get anything done without partners. Those are the people who are gonna help you. If you raise a hand to help them, they're gonna open a door for, for you. If you take the time to make a connection with, I don't know, say, say a coach of a sports team, and then you need them to be a speaker at an event, or you need them to write a thank you letter to a donor, they're gonna do it if you've taken the time. They're not gonna think twice if they like you. If they like you, they will be there and they will do it, and that is how magic happens. If you're just locked away in your office thinking that you're doing your portion of the work and that other people are gonna be excited to help you when you need it, that's not the case. And it's fun too. Who wants to be in an office where you don't have great relationships? Who wants to be part of a, a university community where you don't have great partnerships across the university? We also once had a, another great boss, Katie DeConte, who told us if these hallways are quiet, I've hired the wrong people. And that's always stuck with me. That's a that, good one. You know, development officers at their cores are social and they're connectors. Formalizing that kind of natural part of yourself and thinking strategically about it and thinking, you know, I got to get over to this building. I got to go visit these people, say hi in person, be friendly, make sure they know who I am. That's one, a smart business move too. It's fun. It's fun to make these connections right. and to make sure they continue flourishing. Well, this has been quite the journey. Just to repeat to everyone, the three lessons that we have learned working at our alma mater, raise a hand, go for what you want, and truly love the place, knowing all of its flaws. So I know that we've both taken these things forward and Actually, this conversation helps us to remember them and cement them even further. Oddly enough, I've, you're the guest I've had that I've known the best aside from my dad. And <laughs> I know you so well, but I'm very curious to hear your answer to my signature question. Can't wait to have you back. We're going to have you back at some point in the coming months. But let's hear your first answer to this, which is, what do you know for sure? What I know for sure and this is something you and I have discussed at length, is that our field and our profession is a really special one. Find the joy and the beauty and the glamour kind of in every aspect of it. If you're going to a donor event, showing up as the best version of you, ready to talk to everyone in the room, ready to make connections, it can just be such a special field and such a special job. And we're so lucky to do what we get to do. We travel the country. Some of us travel the world, meeting with people who are interesting, meeting with people who are doing great work and learning about them and connecting them back to an institution, which, you know, whatever institution you're at, every place is important. Every donor is important and kind of finding just the everyday beauty and magic in what we get to do is something that I know has kept both of us going over our careers and will continue to. It's something we're proud to be development officers. Both of us are really passionate about kind of spreading that message and passing that on to younger people who are entering the field or passing on to someone who, you know, hasn't had those conversations to ignite that kind of excitement about our roles. Well, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you for all you've done for me and our field and more to come. More to come. Always a pleasure.
<laughs> Thanks. What was your first development job? How did it shape the professional you are today? Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or Instagram at devdebrief and share your story with us. Thanks for listening and have a great holiday weekend.